Hello, and welcome to episode 23 of the Municipal Arborist Podcast. I'd like to thank our sponsor, Davy Resource Group. Davy supports better urban forestry. For over 100 years, Davy has been a key leader in the development of best practices in our industry, like iTree, the Davy Institute of Tree Sciences, and urban forest master planning. Whether a tree inventory, exploration of different operational scenarios, or precise ordinance language, their team of local professionals has the training and experience to support your program. With a portfolio of diverse clients and a talented team of experienced professionals with deep local knowledge and national support, they're your go-to partner to move your program forward. Thank you very much, Davey. I appreciate your support. To my listeners, welcome. I apologize for uh, slacking a little bit in episodes. It has been uh, a little over a month since I released an episode, both professionally and uh, personally. It has been an incredibly, busy, an incredibly busy time of the year, as it is for most folks, especially arborists during the uh, busy season when people remember that they have leaves on their trees and they, you know, own them. Um, not too much has been happening uh, except for being busy, uh, but the Illinois Arborist Association recently wrapped up our summer conference in Champaign-Urbana, which was an excellent event. I uh, learned a great deal and had a lot of great conversations and saw a lot of friends that I don't get to see too often. Someone else that I met down there was Zach King. Uh, who was back in an episode. I don't recall the episode number, but it was a great conversation. Go check that out. During that episode, he discussed his ambitions to write a uh, tree guide. And he did. He wrote his first one. It's called The Guide to Conifer Trees of Northeast Illinois, uh, where he wrote and illustrated everything. So uh, reach out to him and uh, see if you can get yourself a copy. It's awesome. He hooked me up with one, and uh, he did an excellent job at it. I'm happy that he that he got that done. Um, in other news with the Illinois Arborist Association, we have finalized our incredible lineup of guest speakers for our annual conference and trade show, which will be held in Tinley Park, Illinois, November 13th and 14th. Um, I it is actually the 40th anniversary, so it's going to be a great event. I hope to see you there. If you don't go there, check out IllinoisArborist.org and show your support. Become a member. Uh, we really appreciate it. As far as the podcast goes, I have a ton of episodes, as always, backlogged, ready to go. All I have to do is record introductions like I'm doing right now and do a little bit of editing cut and paste some little music segues in here and there, and then I put them on the internet for everybody to enjoy. Once you are done listening, do not forget to click the link in the show notes to get your ISA CEU for listening. Uh, that is provided by the Illinois Arborist Association. They do a lot of the back end on that. So please become a member and contribute as they do a lot of work to keep these CEUs processed and going for us. Uh, thanks, Illinois Arbor Association. I appreciate it. Um, let's see. Uh, you got any comments or questions, complaints? Please email me at themunicipalarborist at gmail.com. I believe you can just say at gmail and people know that it's .com by now, but we still like to say .com because it makes us feel much more comfortable with ourselves. Uh, you can also find me on Instagram at the underscore municipal underscore arborist or just search the municipal arborist. 
Um, I think that's about it for now. Uh, our guest today is J, uh, JP, um, actually John Paul McDonald. But uh, he assures me that it's okay to call him JP, so you probably can too. Um, but yeah, we had a great conversation. I'm glad we got to got to hook up and talk. Um, kind of have a lot in common. I'd like to congratulate him on becoming a um, consulting arborist. Um, I forget what the actual designation is. Is it the ASCA or ACA uh, certified consulted arborist or registered consulting arborist? I'm sorry. Just check the internet. We talk about it on the show uh, that he had recently gone through the training and the workshop. And uh, I recently saw on LinkedIn that he has successfully passed. So congratulations, JP. Uh, Let's get on with the show and uh, we'll talk to you guys soon. Thanks so much. And then a couple months later, I think... Troy referred me to you for that level three yeah. um, resistor graph. You guys didn't get it. Yeah. How, how did that end up going? Uh, did this, was the tree? It came low risk. Oh, nice. All of it. So they they rated the tree part, the tree as a whole, and then all of the leads. Basically, they broke it down, and it all ended up being eight separate, like, levels or risk, lines like, of risk. You yeah. Know what I mean, I don't know exactly So they did, what. like, eight separate risk assessments basically for each significant defect exactly yeah and uh it all came back low they came back which surprised me um but really didn't uh but yeah i mean it kind of comes back to like i was just talking to somebody else about this is like arborists i think have this like once they start seeing things they start getting nervous especially if they're responsible for it and they don't want even if they're not totally responsible for it and they're visiting someone else's site, like they're afraid of like potential liability. So they start making like decisions that necessarily don't need to be made. So I was definitely going down that path. I mean, you saw that thing. It was a pretty, yeah. I mean, it's so big and it had so much weight on it. You know, I mean, I think that one lead that was going towards the house with all that decay, I don't even remember, but that thing probably is at least fucking 20, 25,000 pounds. I bet it's so big. Yeah. Visually it looked pretty scary right but once yeah once you get the resistance drill in there right then it like spells everything out so it was all like low risk and then they like recommended two cable replacements adding two additional cables a little higher up and then uh through bolts like seven through bolts through the trunk like seven eighths inch diameter thick Mm. which i just got the estimate this morning i haven't clicked on it to look at it yet but (laughs) That part we may leave out, but so like bra- and then, and then bracing, like, yeah, 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 and then um we do like uh weight reduction and like deadwooding and stuff. Mm-hmm. So we'll probably do all that except for the bracing. Yeah, but we'll see how it how it comes in. But everybody came in about the same price. Like, oh really? But since we're low bid, you always just have to yeah do what it is. And in fact, your company's um or your proposal was like really professional oh, like really well done really? Yeah. i appreciate that yeah so something yeah, that, like one of one of the other ones just was like a price like true assessment 950 <laughs> you know and and then like another one came back kind of the same and then like someone else got involved 
from the consulting side of this company and was like, no, you got to do this better. So they like wrote it more similar to how yours was. Yeah. But yours was definitely like yours was like, wow. Like was, that's yeah, that's interesting because I've never really seen um, other companies proposals, obviously. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we just we try to spell it out like what the concern is, mm-hmm. how we're going to deal with it. How. uh So, yeah, I wanted like when I first met you, I wanted to talk to you about it. Like a lot of people. I feel like start private and then go municipal either early in their career or like late in their career because I joke, it's typically a little easier, you know, oftentimes depending on where you're at in the private world, it's more pay private, you know, depending on what level you're at. Yeah. But then the benefits in municipal are like greatly exaggerated compared to the private sector. Yeah. But you started municipal and then went private. So like what? So How the hell did that happen? I've kind of like jumped around in the beginning of my career. Um, so I'll just give you a short timeline. So I started with the Maryland Forest Service after I graduated. So I got a bachelor's in forestry, uh, like traditional forestry. Traditional like logging. Yeah, like, like silviculture, forest yeah. ecology, um, that type of stuff. So that's I originally wanted to be a consulting forester. So I got my first job with the Maryland Forest Service did like permanent forest plot inventories in one of their state forests, mm-hmm. basically just tracking growth um, over time. I think every 10 years they had that done. Um, but that was in a very rural area of Maryland, which I did not like living there. Um, so then I moved to Charleston and worked for the Medical University of South Carolina. And that's kind of where I got into like urban forestry tree work. So I was, planting trees, pruning trees, um, doing removals, fertilization, root collar excavation, like a bunch of the general tree care and plant health care that you normally see. You're like on a crew doing this. No, so I was like, I was in the grounds crew. Okay. And I was like the tree care technician. There was a head arborist above me, but I was doing most of the work. Sure. Um, So that was really good experience. And that's where I became a certified arborist. But then after a couple of years of that, I just thought I could progress more and then I got a job with Davy Resource Group in New York and that was just inventorying for like New York City Parks um, block pruning contract so they like contract out the inventory beforehand mm-hmm. so I was doing that and then after eight or nine months um, Parks like wanted to hire me so I applied and got the job with Parks and was there for three years really good experience high volume as you know um, tons of level two risk assessments, great contract management experience. Um, but after a while I realized, it, so they, they have like 50 to 70 foresters there in New York. And then like the next level up is senior forester. So there's, I don't know exactly, maybe like 10 to 12. So it's very competitive just to get promoted. Yeah. Um, I imagine a little political too. Yeah. And it's like, <laughs> I don't know. I just didn't feel like waiting to get the promotion. Cause a lot of times it was going to people who were working there for longer. Of course. Um, so I just looked for other opportunities and luckily I got a great offer from save a tree in Chicago. So were you looking for Chicago or did you see something for a consulting arborist? And then they, told you during the process that you would be based out of Chicago. Yeah, I wasn't looking specifically at Chicago. I was looking all over the East Coast. Um, 
but one of my best friends from college actually moved to Chicago like a month before I was looking for jobs. Mm -hmm. So that's why I kind of included it in my job search because it's much easier to move to a new city if you if you know someone there. Of course, yeah. Um, so that was very helpful having him here um, just to go out and meet new people together. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> so what, man, like New York, I may mention this before, but like with the pruning there, well, how do you deal with the cars and traffic like getting them moved because i i mean even like in a smaller municipal side like what i'm doing getting cars moved it doesn't matter if you have no parking signs yeah and then like dealing with getting the police to like tow or relocate is a whole nother issue like we have like our in our towing contract they'll do relocates for free as long as it's not like out of hand so literally i'll be like hey hook up this car and just pull it around the block so we can do this work this yeah is our, this is our third time here third time posting signs like i don't even care if you give them a ticket just move them yeah and it's like oh let us That's try to funny. contact them and see if we can get it's like you know so like how do you deal with it at such a large scale like that? that's really so i actually worked on staten island so every borough has its own forestry division mm -hmm. um so i did a couple like storm response um weekends in manhattan but most of my work was in staten island and we like we obviously posted no parking signs and most of the people listened to it. Oh, cool. And if they didn't, we would just do go backs and hope they wouldn't be there. Yeah. Like every, I managed the block pruning contract for a year. I think we pruned like 10 to 12,000 trees in a year and Fuck. we never had to tow anybody. Do you, so, so you contract out to get it inventoried prior to the pruning. So yeah. you know what? And, and I imagine then your pricing is based on bracket sizes. Yeah. Yeah. So I managed the inventory consultants. There was one to two at all times. Um, like I would create a map and tell them where to go. And this would be like a few months in advance of when the pruning contractors would be pruning. So I would have to like do quality insurance, make sure they're identifying the right species, right sizes, because that obviously affects the price. Yeah. Um, and then I would supervise the, the pruning contractors also, post-inspect their work, enforce the contract specs. Um, and, yeah, that was what I did for, like, the first year that I worked for Parks. In addition to storm response, some, like, public 311 requests. Sure. Um, but Do you yeah. get a lot of those in New York? A ton, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah, I mean so Is it like stupid shit just like everywhere else? Like the yeah. <laughs> branch is over my driveway, it may fall on my car and remove yeah, it. Yeah, tons a lot of negligible stuff that you just go out. I mean, we have to do a level two risk risk assessment on any tree. So are you like actually documenting a level two or I mean, are you actually what's the documentation like? Or are you just like performing a level two and then you put in your notes like whatever like no because we we kind of do like level ones or twos on every tree that i look at yeah and you know it's a two once i start probing it or getting and sounding it and things like that but like i don't actually like fill out like a track form for example yeah i just will put in my notes like you know inspected blah 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 sounded probe whatever does not meet specs for whatever it is that they want us to do. Yeah. You know, or, and then I'll put like the, obviously the condition of the tree, like trees in good condition does not meet specs for off cycle pruning at this time. 
sounded tree. Yeah. Like simple notes like that. So I imagine New York is a little more slightly more detailed. Yes, yeah, so they have their own um like software program similar to like any of these tree inventory solutions, mm-hmm. but they they had it built specifically for New York City. Is so it, who who what is it? Um I don't know who built it. Is they it call like it, a, they call it forms it's just forestry management system. Oh okay. Um is it like arc based or something maybe? Um n- no, it's like it was some company built it specifically specifically for new york city forestry oh, cool um okay so it like inputs all the 311 requests into it um so you can see all those every morning um but for the risk assessment side they just have like your standard like level two process built in where it's like likelihood of failure likelihood of impact consequences so you can just click like check box or whatever yeah. and then it okay yeah that's cool and then it creates um like a score of three to 12 to prioritize work i see based on okay risk cool yeah and we i mean we sounded every tree we did a full 360 walk around mm-hmm. looked at everything yeah um so it was yeah pretty in-depth inspections yeah, that just is. because I mean, they there's a lot of big trees in New York. Yeah, and the amount of targets is un, unmatched of, of course, <laughs> anywhere. Yeah, I mean, it's um, every I, it's like everything. Yeah, every side, everywhere. You That's know. what. Yeah, I thought it was just incredible experience. Just the number of trees that I got to inspect, mm-hmm. and um, just the locations, just very difficult inspections compared to a lot of other places. I think. Sure. I know there's been some high profile like lawsuits with uh, tree parts and tree failures in New York that I see used as examples all the time. Yeah. And then I, that kind of starts freaking people out and moving them in the other direction of, you know, what's acceptable risk yeah. management. Well, I mean, their acceptable level of risk is somewhat high. I mean, because just there's so many trees and not many resources well, and it sounds like too it can be high be, uh, yeah, and like you based on the inspections that it sounds like they're doing there like you're the duty of care is yeah far above bar of what anyone else is really doing yeah you know so even if the, in the event i always say you know you know the event of impacting a target especially high value targets typically especially human specific is incredibly rare yeah incredibly rare statistically almost non-existent in the grand scheme of things yeah. right and i forgot where i was going with this so but, ba- but basically even in new york there's more there's obviously a lot more people but, yeah well but, like when storms would come through i mean i like cars you'd often see cars that got damaged of course a lot yeah. of calorie pairs just branch failures all the time so a couple of houses get crushed, um, a lot of blocked roads, some utility wires down. Um, but some of the more high profile stuff I think came out of Central Park, which is actually managed by a different entity. Oh, really? Um, yeah. So, yeah, Parks Department doesn't manage Central Park or Prospect Park, which are, are like the two biggest parks. Okay. Is it private that does that, or is it another government it's, uh, entity? It's Central Park Conservancy, I think. I think, oh, okay. it, I think it's a nonprofit. Oh, really? Um, and they, yeah, they have their own forestry crew, I think. Mm. So a bunch of arborists, probably. Um, I actually, I actually did a handful of depositions for Staten Island Forestry. 
Really? Yeah. What? Was, how was that? I I really liked it. My dad's a lawyer, so I just enjoy like interacting with lawyers. Um, but m- most of the cases were trip and fall over. Okay. Sidewalks, stumps, roots. roots oh, okay. Um, couple like stop signs blocked where car accidents occurred. Oh yeah. Um, but yeah, it was pretty. Nothing like that involved me personally. They just needed. Um, somebody from Staten Island Forestry to answer questions about contracts or like procedures, policies. Um, So yeah, that was also a good experience with that too because not many people end up in depositions. Yeah. I never have been in a deposition either. I've only been doing this current role for about four and a half years. But I have had to testify multiple times at adjudication hearings. um, What what is that? Uh, So... In the state of Illinois, certain size municipalities under certain conditions are allowed to perform their own in-house adjudication processes for uh, municipal code violations. So instead of going to like county circuit court for tickets, you can handle it in-house. And basically it's handled by an independent uh, attorney who acts as the judge. And then there's so it's an, like arbitration. Exactly. Ba- yeah. Kind of. I mean, it's literally like court, except it's like, you know, some people call it like clown court. Yeah. But I mean, it's like it's like a legal it's like a legal it's a legal proceeding. But basically what it is, it's like the first level. Right. So like say like for so I deal with it a lot because we have true preservation ordinance and I write issue citations. if yeah. They can't do what they're supposed to do or they do something so flagrantly in violation that the only option is a citation. But when I write a citation, that doesn't mean they just pay it. Like oftentimes I have to go to this. They'll say like, I'm not paying this, you know, so then they got to go to court or I just bring them to court right away because the fine amount is so high. Right. Yeah. And then I have to prove up my case, like what they did wrong. That's so it's yeah. basically like I have, you know, I'm collecting evidence. Like I have a whole presentation about this. I've done it at a couple different conferences, but it's basically like taking pictures doc measuring size i mean it's literally like kind of like mini crime scene photos for trees like i have like tape measures lined up and i'm taking pictures like, yeah you know this is that kind of stuff this is exactly what we learned about at um aska academy yeah man you should i think you should go it sounds like you're you're already doing it almost <laughs> i can't afford that no it, yeah <laughs> from it, a municipal side i don't think it makes sense for us but i have looked into it and uh, I thought it'd be really cool. You guys, I joked with somebody else about this, uh, Daniel Marival. Like, it's like the fucking, or I think it was Daniel. I don't remember, but. I re- yeah, I really like that episode. You, that you like, record. that is like the a secret society, you guys. You know, there's <laughs> like good. so many, uh, there's so many people out there that like strive to be like actually accredited, or is it accredited? Would it's registered. So, yeah, I mean, you, I'm not registered yet, but I'm in the process registered consulting registered artists. so there's a lot that strive to be but there's yeah. really not that many like if you break down I how many there's arbors. only yeah i think there's only like 400 or so registered consulting arbors. i mean but that's then insane. yeah there's you can also apply to be just a member of ask sure and yeah. you, you still get like a number of the benefits cool um but like you i mean that's like super high level like what i'm talking about is like baseline knowledge of common sense like I have to prove that they did this wrong, right? So I have all these different ways to do it. Yeah. But what you, what you guys do is far more scientific and data-based 
over lots and lots of years of research and case law. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. And it seems like super interesting. Is it so like what explain exactly what it was that you were just uh, what you were just doing? Yeah. So I was at so I'm I'm a member of ASCA. Um, and I think to become a member, you just need a certain number of years of experience in the industry, education. I think there's a few things that you can qualify for. Um, so I I was afforded the opportunity by Save a Tree to attend ASCA Academy um, in Indianapolis. Three of my other teammates were also there. Um, and it's like four, three or four days. First day was kind of mostly just networking. Um, and then the next two or three days, it's like four hour lectures from like very experienced RCAs about um, there's report writing session, um, forensics section, um, managing like dispute resolution. Okay. Wow. Um, so yeah, it was about like collecting evidence, chain of custody, um, think things of that nature, which were really, really interesting to learn about and hear their stories mm -hmm. that they had to tell. Using um, terms like, I don't recall. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Te yeah. Testifying just, yeah. A lot of stuff that most arborists don't encounter in their daily work. Yeah. Um, so that, yeah. Was it difficult? Um, it was, it was pretty intense, just like the amount of information that was provided in a short period of time. Sure. And there was like a hundred question, multiple choice test at the end. Wow. Um, I just learned that I passed yesterday. Oh, congratulations. Appreciate it. Nice, yeah. dude. Nice. 95%. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> and then, yeah, after that, there's three reports that we have to send in and they get read by a like a third party um just looking for like if you're following the correct format grammatical errors like all this very detailed stuff what do they give you like hypotheticals that you have to write on yeah so there's what's well, two there's a pre-academy report that's a hypothetical scenario you write that before you go to the academy and then post academy there's two scenario reports um i'm working on one right now I have to send it in, and then if I pass that, then I pass the academy, technically. Okay. And then after that, then I have to apply to become an RCA. I gotcha. And then if I meet the qualifications, which I do, then they'll give me one scenario report. I have to send that in. Then th then I have to send in an original report. Okay. Um, so, it's yeah, it's pretty intense. Um, the reports are pretty long and detailed. Um, they have to like obviously follow the correct process, have certain information in the correct sections. But I'm, I mean, I'm so detail oriented that the reports are like my favorite part of my job. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. So that's yeah, that's pretty easy for me. That's super cool. Yeah. I've like I like I said I've looked into that, but I never for what I do. It just. I think it would be beneficial for the code enforcement stuff for sure, mm -hmm. but we never get to that level. And then typically, you know, if it needs to get to that level, you'd want 
to hire a consultant anyways yeah, to, yeah, to do yeah. it. You know what I mean? That makes Just sense. Just to make it so like, okay, here's my side of the story or whatever so it's a third it is. party. Exactly. Yeah, independent, third party yeah. evaluating like everyone else's work essentially, yeah. you know? So that's kind of why I like always steered away with, uh, from it, you know? Yeah. That makes sense. Hand me one of those beers, will you? Yeah. Let me drink one of those that you brought for free. Thank you. I'm going to drink it. Yeah, I'm about to finish this. How was it? Good. Nice. Here's a bottle opener. Thanks. Another one I've looked into before is the Municipal Forestry Institute through the Society of Municipal Arborists. That's like the same setup. I think it's like four days. But... I've, I knew a couple people who went to that. I think it's awesome. And it's just, I was looking at it recently and it was like one to two hours of pre of prep coursework for like four to six weeks, like per week or something. And I'm like, fuck. It's like classes you have to take before you even get there. I think they like give you a bunch of stuff Re- that you have yeah, to work yeah. through. You either got to do it online or it's like sent to you or something, I think. But I was like one to two hours per week for four <laughs> to six weeks. Like, that's a lot man yeah and then i gotta go there for four or five days or whatever like i can handle that but it's tough are you are you a municipal specialist yeah nice. yeah dude I, that was hard i thought about that doing was that. hard was like, it honestly is that a 200 question or 100? um dude i don't remember what it was actually listen to my dog <laughs> I just remember it was hard, and I I did. I've uh, heard that too. The Illinois Arborist Association. Are you a member? Yeah, I am. Okay, good, good. I got all. Yeah, right. Yeah, right. When I moved here, I joined. Cool. But anyways, they put on. um, I think we do four classes for um, certified arborists, and we might do a year, and that's like four or five weeks leading up, or maybe six weeks leading up to the test to kind of help prepare you for it. And then there's another one, one or two that we do for a municipal specialist. Oh, I haven't seen that. I was looking for So, that. like, there will be one this year. So, you should do that. Um, but I did the prep class. I was like, why not? Like, work's going to pay for it. I'd, instead of going in blind, I'll do the prep class, you know? So, I did it, dude. And we spent, like, all... It was probably, like, only six or seven of us in the class. And we spent it more... Intense. It was not like uh, we spent more time like debating because uh, like all these other <laughs> municipal people and we're like, well, no, I do it this way. No, I do it this way. Yeah. You know, like we're all kind of like shared our anecdotal stories. So like, you know, I went into it thinking like, I know this, like, cause I do a lot of stuff that other guys, municipal guys don't, especially with like the ordinance stuff and a little bit more of the public speaking stuff. So like I was kind of thinking, and I deal with contracts a lot, you know, so I was kind of thinking like I knew what the fuck I was talking about, <laughs> dude. But when I opened the fucking first question, I was like, oh, fuck, I'm going <laughs> to skip this one, come back to it. <laughs> like, <laughs> like it was because it's so, it's so, I, we talked about this on the Steve Ludwig podcast, I think the first one. And like, it's so, it's written by people who have experience but think it should be a certain way yeah which it should and it's broad that way but since everybody operates at kind of a different level and different scopes it makes it difficult so i almost think like you're better off taking the test without having any municipal experience but i think you need two or three years additional yeah to take it but it was it was tough man it was it was harder than i thought 
I passed it. I don't remember what I what the score was. It certainly wasn't ninety five percent. Yeah, but I, I passed. Yeah, I feel like the the local context of municipal work is so different everywhere. Yeah, I mean, even from like border to border, it's everyone's doing yeah. different things. Even you know? yeah, in in the Chicagoland area, it's every town has a different ordinance. It's yeah, difficult keeping up with as a consultant. If I'm doing a tree protection plan in a different town, I gotta right. look up the ordinance every time. Right. Um, it's good that you are though, because in my experience, most people don't. They just submit plans, and you're like, Oh, oh really? And you're like, Oh no. And then, yeah, no, they have I'm, to make expensive changes sometimes. Yeah. No, I'm. I'm very specific with getting that correct the first time. It's cool. Yeah. Most people aren't. That's like I what said, they really aren't. Yeah, I was just doing an inventory in Northbrook today, and I called the the Northbrook Forester a couple of days ago just to make sure I had all the the necessary attributes. I mm-hmm. needed. What did he say? Was he shocked? Like what? No, yeah, no. I <laughs> she there was something about um, it was like six in, every tree six inches and above, plus multi stem um, aggregate diameter of twelve inches and above. But then it was like oaks and hickories, four inches and above, oh, which wasn't wow. which, that wasn't in the municipal code. So I was surprised, but glad I glad I called her. Yeah. <laughs> well, searching codes is ridiculous sometimes. I just type in tree and it usually gets me. Where yeah, I but need sometimes to go. you got to read through like There's a lot of pages stuff. of the yeah. same thing. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's. I mean, it's and they all different towns call it different things. It's yeah. Like tree protect tree protection plan tree preservation plan. Just what is a tree? <laughs> yeah. The definitions, no, like, yeah, no, the definitions like a, are funny. I joke, sometimes. I joke, but like that's a, a serious thing. Like OSHA is working on right now, coming up with a new standard for arborist or, or arborist work, tree work, you know. And that was one of the big sticking points: is how do you define a tree? Like, and yeah, it seems silly for us, but for them is important because there's people who do tree work who don't understand yeah. a lot of things. Yeah, no, that's a great point. Yeah. I'm, next week. Um, I'm so Saber tree has a voting seat in the, uh, a 300 standards committee. Oh, great. So I was appointed to be the, the alternate. Um, so next week I'm, sitting in on the the committee virtually oh that's that'll, great that'll man. be my that's first time super cool yeah I'd a lot love of like to do something like that a lot of big big guys in the industry so that should be really cool yeah i was in a, a, a work group thing not for the a300 but for the department of labor <clears throat> like when they were they're still in the process of trying to come up with our the osha rule but it was like i think it was two years ago it was kind of similar. They like, well, I think it was similar to how they do the A300. They basically sent out all these materials for you to review. And then we all met to discuss the materials. And in the materials, there's lists of questions. Like, what do you think of this? What do you think of that? You know, and then we discussed it. But that was all like a wide. I mean, there was like municipal guys. There's private guys. There's people that like had small companies. There's people who had big companies. Like there was this one guy I remember particularly was like a, home builder like he didn't even do tree work <laughs> yeah. but he was interested in it because he removes trees he removes himself. trees yeah you know what i mean to like build these houses like he uses like just equipment to push them over or cut them down you know so 
it was really interesting like seeing just a different perspectives yeah but the i mean the a300 stuff man that's like super high level that's like those are like uh, uh we were talking about the podcast being a slow burn and the a300 is like a slow burn that's like tons of different people reviewing proposed changes and looking and listening from everybody's perspective and things get implemented slowly but at that slow pace they're getting implemented properly and you yeah. know there's proper review going into it so it makes sense before you know yeah yeah i think they try to get all the diverse perspectives um just yes yeah, so you have so many different opinions i remember like one of the last changes i actually have in one of my presentations because i do like chainsaw safety mm-hmm. was um it used to be before i don't know the exact verbiage but something like before essentially before getting in a bucket and working aloft, you should bring a handsaw with you. But on the last change, they change it to shell shell. And like now in retrospect, like it makes complete sense. Of yeah. course you should bring the fucking thing with you, yeah. you know, handsaw <laughs> with you. But it's just interesting the way all that stuff works. Yeah. That's, this is going to be my first time. So it should, a, should be really cool. It's to a see whole other, it, like how it works. It's a this weird layer that most people don't, even know that goes on in the background yeah but there's so many like passionate interested people like involved in all that it's yeah i mean super it cool sets the standards for how the industry does work properly yeah so how long have you been with save tree now a year yeah about 11 months have you uh considered keeping staying there forever <laughs> uh <laughs> maybe yeah no i yeah. No, I've really liked um, the the last year of work. I mean, Save a Tree's given me a lot of opportunities that I hadn't had before. Yeah. Um, like I, I got to go to the American Society of Landscape Architecture conference down in Nashville. Oh, great! Ask Academy, obviously. Um, so yeah, a lot of things that never would have been able to do previously, mm-hmm. and it just exposed me to a lot of new new work. Like just tree management plans, preservation plans. Yeah. That's stuff that I never produced in municipal work. Sure. Do you deal with like with the construction stuff? <coughs> Excuse me. Are you dealing with like a client who wants to protect trees because of their own personal interest or because an ordinance may say so? Um, I guess it varies. Um I mean, I'm like, I'm not advocating for a certain client's trees per se. Mm-hmm. Um, like, I don't know, sometimes we might do a tree appraisal if if that's what they want. If they think that their trees might get impacted by adjacent construction. Oh, I didn't think um, about that. Either. Yeah. Yeah. So that's like somewhat of an insurance policy for them, I guess. But Sure. enforcement of that i'm not sure um but yeah preservation plan wise usually it's like landscape architects or developers who are just trying to meet um the municipal ordinance gotcha they'll call me and be like can you come up with a preservation plan yeah yeah that's fun yeah i think that would be fun yeah doing something like that yeah i mean my work is very varied day to day Mm -hmm. um which i really like and I mean, um, so our consulting group, we have a consultant 
in every region of the country basically that we work in um, so I'm the Midwest consultant and I'll go up to Minneapolis and St. Paul a few times a year to work on projects too oh that's cool yeah I was down in Louisville last year for a project so yeah a lot of a lot of cool stuff that mm-hmm. a lot of arborists don't normally get to do right we only hear about it in like presentations at conferences yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah really you know that's yeah i just so ask uh posts like a magazine as most other entities do mm-hmm. and i wrote a short um article about my experience with save a tree in the last year and they it got posted in the magazine oh, awesome dude yeah you should send that thing to me yeah i would like to read it yeah i'd be interested in reading that yeah yeah, I talked about the project in Louisville and then um, the project here for a hospital that I did. It's like over 2,000 tree inventory, created a management plan. Wow. Did, did an iTree eco analysis. Wow. Did like 20 soil samples. Um, yeah, just helping them improve their landscape. Mm-hmm. So who do you have come in and do all two thousand trees? If I do it. Person, you, you literally. I do, do it all. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. How, what do you What do you use to measure them? I I have a diameter tape that I hook onto my. So you actually belt. wow. So you're getting like real data. You're not using a bit more stick. You're it's actually no. I don't tape. I don't have a built more stick, but built I know, more. Yeah, ah, but yeah. Fuck. I I know <laughs> I know people who who use those. Um, but yeah, the the spruces can be tough. Like I'll I'll come oh. out with scratches all <laughs> over my arms. Right. It's yeah. It's some days it's pretty crazy. That's I mean like I'm a little muddied up. Today. You're like fucking. You're in. You're fucking getting all scratched up by him and bringing the needle cast to the next one. <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't matter. They'll get there anyways. Yeah. <laughs> Can't worry about that. <laughs> Damn, that's crazy, man. Two thousand. How long does it take to do that? I took like a month. Like every day, basically. Uh, like some weather delays, a couple other smaller projects in between. Wow. Like I'll do a tr- tree risk assessment randomly, um, then write up their report on like rain days. I see. Yeah. Yeah. Man, that's so much work. Yeah. It was. Yeah. I mean, I I was going there four times a week for four to five weeks. I mean, I'm just... and then the soil the soil sample I took. 10 to 12 samples per like composite sample. Oh, wow. Um, for, cause like to get a wide area. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was, that hurt my back a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> Jeez. That but yeah, sounds... that, that was my biggest project last year. God, I can't believe doing that all by yourself. Yeah. Like we do a inventory update in a zone every year and that's about 3000 to 3,300 trees plus, you know, a few thousand like vacant sites that they're getting updated or collected yeah it's all an updated inventory it's already there so you're just updating it Mm -hmm. but they they usually do that with one guy and then towards the end a second guy will usually come in and help and just the the cost the whole year yeah and basically we do that to update that one section of town prior to doing the inventory yeah like what new york did so we can get accurate budget numbers and then we're also updating the inventory Mm -hmm. the whole city's inventoried but anyways, what I'm getting at is for that to happen is not an expensive cost. It's less than $10,000, but it's less than $10,000 in like a two-week process for one and a half people to go through street by street and get all that. Yeah. 
you're out there with a fucking D tape actually getting. <laughs> that's you know, yeah. I'm doing a level two on on every tree. Man, that's. I mean, it depends intense. what the client wants, but yeah, that's. I mean, that's my bread and butter. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you do like uh like townhome associations or anything like that? You yeah, HOAs that? are a big yeah. big client. Um, and then yeah, that seems like it's getting bigger in the inventory world. So what are you doing then? How are you are you um, collecting that data like geospatially, or are you? Yes. Um, and so, then are you providing them with just like maps or are you providing them like digital access to like look at that information? Yeah. So we use ArcGIS online, um, which is like a more simpler version of just like the GIS on the desktop. Sure. Um, and we'll create like a customized map for each client depending upon what, what they want. Mm-hmm. Like I've made apps for tracking oak wilt treatments um, I made one based off like the iTree benefit, iTree eco benefits. Um, it's like an educational tool. Um, but yeah, I'll, I'll use Esri field maps in the field to collect the data and I'll create a form prior to that with all the attributes that the client wants. Okay. So then I every tree, you. I'm just plotting a point on the map and filling in and then yeah. going, yeah, attribute by attribute. Um, and then we'll analyze all that data, create sorry, a, <laughs> create a management plan. Um, if if that's what they want, typically for HOAs, they want a management plan included. Um, so that's like analyzing diameter distribution, species composition, um, risk distribution, condition distribution, all that stuff with like long narrative. Um, on like key species and key issues. Sure. What? Yeah. And then recommendations, obviously. And then I'll work with our sales arborists to implement that plan. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's yeah. Do they? Do they often follow up with the recommended work with you, or do you ever see them moving? Yeah, I mean, going out to bid for like lower quality work essentially not necessarily lower quality but most likely lower quality yeah no a lot <laughs> of the times it's uh yeah they'll go with save a tree because it's a lot easier to work with us once the inventory is done sure um yeah. then give it to somebody else now here's the next question yeah the million dollar question that some some companies are doing but it's difficult for others to implement are the field crews who are going to do the work, do they have access digitally to that data? So, yeah, I mean, the map is like just a link. You can click on the link and you have access to the map. So are they using that? Like they roll in an HOA with all that iron. Are they like okay, clicking on a dot? Like, okay, we'll go here and do this and like get, getting it done. Or is yes. it like the sales arborist basically just saying like doing that for them? I, yeah. And I th- then like kind of directing them to I think that. generally the sales arborist does it for them, but we're in the process of trying to implement it. Um, to where, like, the field crews can access it better. Yeah, I can I'll, just, like, imagine, like, because I use it like crazy at my job. So, yeah. like, I can just imagine as a field worker on a crew being able to just, like, even on their phone, pull it up and look at the map. Yeah, exactly. See where they're standing and be like, okay, next logical step is to go to this dot. Yeah. Click on it and see, like, okay, you know, yeah, got to do this, this, and this. That's, what, like, we add all, the, all these widgets to the maps where you can filter by all the different attributes, species, recommendations risk Mm -hmm. um so it's like you filter like by 
ash and then you know where all the ash trees are on the property yeah um and it's yeah you can just look at it on your phone and then there's like your gps dot right right there yeah Yeah. that's cool yeah that's like what a graph does uh zach king that was on was talking about that Mm -hmm. he does that for the phc stuff Mm -hmm. like i love stuff like that man yeah it's like useful data yeah and that's before save a tree i didn't know how to how to use that stuff and then i quickly just learned how to yeah create it yeah well it's you know it's it's actually once you start doing it it's really pretty simple and user-friendly you know yeah and arborists that's yeah. arborists i think are a people are scared of, of it almost but once you start doing it i mean if you can get on your phone like if you could set up your email account on your phone you can probably do this yeah that's actually probably easier than that. <laughs> yeah, you, you yeah. Know? You just click a link and there you are. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. No, that's cool stuff. So what? Um, what's next? For me personally? Yeah. Like, how do you find? How do you find work? Like, do you or do you like? Oh, um, I, I can't imagine it's all just people reaching out to you. There's got to be a part, a, a segment, or that you're actually going out seeking it, right? So how do you how do you find that? Do you like work with like you mentioned like landscape archi- architects? Do you work with like landscape architects or like civil engineers or something and try to like get on projects? Like how do you get those leads? No, that's a great question. And obviously, being new in Chicago, it was a little difficult in the beginning. Mm-hmm. Um, but I have, so save a tree had when I first started three branches. Um, but we just merged with Nels Johnson. So I have like a great team behind me that feeds me leads, um, out of all these four branches. Oh, great. And it like just provides me with pretty good amount of work throughout the year. Mm-hmm. Gets um, you going. Yeah. Keeps you going. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So that's been a huge, huge benefit a lot of a lot of great guys um who helped me out especially when i first started because it's pretty difficult to go out there and find oh yeah find new work when you're in a new city especially if you don't like you said you don't know anyone like now that you're here i mean i hope that you're finding that our segment of the industry in this region is pretty open i mean i definitely i pretty much know that's how it is in the whole country and world yeah but here we have so many like enthusiastic dedicated people who want to do good yeah you know and everyone 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 wants to share information and like tell their stories and help each other, you know, like not even like through other companies and stuff. You know what I mean? It's not, I mean, there's a certain competitive aspect I know, but people are more willing to help than any other industry. hundred percent. I was surprised how like robust, um, IAA was when I got here. Yeah. Because I was, yeah, I was never exposed to some, I think there was trees SC down in South Carolina was there, but that was not many people. Yeah. I'm like, there's got to be thousand over a thousand people in IAA. Yeah, I don't know the exact number, but it's a, over a thousand. Yeah, yeah. We're one of the largest chapters in the country. Yeah, and actually, um, ISA used to be out of Champaign here in Illinois. Right, I they, forgot. They, now they're know, in Atlanta. They moved to Georgia. Yeah, they moved there a couple of years ago. But yeah. I don't know if this is true. I'm pretty certain it is. But we allegedly, I'm pretty sure it's true. <laughs> Hopefully, I'm not misspeaking. But. IAA, the Illinois Arborist Association, essentially made the 
international society of arborist certification like exam like test like we came up oh, with initially. the idea initially and then isa is the one like gotcha. who ran with it interesting yeah i'm on the i don't uh, know the whole history of that but i'm on the uh isa appeals committee oh really so I, yeah i volunteer with them man you should uh next the the next time they're uh i don't i don't know as a board member i don't even know exactly how the terms work for iaa yeah i've but, been tr- yeah i've been thinking about you getting into it, that, that yeah. you should man because we need we need people who are like like you no i'd and, love to and, and, there are everyone is like you who's on the board, but we always need like more people. Yeah, you know because people, you know, volunteer work you get people get fizzled out. You know, it's a little too much sometimes. Yeah. But that's why you need more new people all the time, and you should be involved because we're all looking for like new ideas, like yeah, revolutionize exactly. things. You know. Yeah, I mean, you meet a lot of new people, um, and I f- feel like a lot of these things are dominated by older people. A lot um, of times, yeah, it can be, yeah. And that so, kind of goes back to, like, the technology stuff you're yeah. talking about, too, you know? Yeah. Pe- you know, you get people get set in their ways, and they get... And, and it's not just they're set in their ways because they're, like, you know, crusty old people. It's just, like, you get comfortable, you know? And yeah. we all do, no matter, like, what your age is. So it's important to get new ideas and, you know, a new enthusiasm in, into things, yeah. you know? Yeah, I, I, I'm also on a Chicago Region Trees Initiative yeah, work how group. is that? I was on that work group for like three years. Oh yeah, yeah. which one? The tree risk and that's management. The, yeah, work that's, that's what the I'm one in. you're on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I left in 2020. Like June of 2020 is when I left. Okay. I still am on the emails. I don't know why, but <laughs> Melissa's listening to this. Please take me off the emails. <laughs> <laughs> but it's kind of cool though. Like we. Um, like I, it's not like I had like a huge part in anything that I did, but it's kind of cool. Like that, my name is printed in like their like master plan. Oh, really? You know what I mean, like it's kind of like yeah, I came. It's kind of like this that. like level of like you know like oh, I, I actually like contributed to something like important. Yeah, you know, bigger than me. You know? Yeah, it's kind of it's kind of like no, this, it's good like, to see nice your name moment. printed yeah. on that. Yeah, for sure. That's we just. Um, I think you were at WAA, but we just had the. Uh, climate change short course yeah webinar and that's why i didn't go because i was at WA. yeah yeah i heard it was pretty good yeah that's what i heard from uh all the reviews but that yeah that was we planned that for a while and that was yeah that was fun to plan get all those scientists and speakers together sure yeah absolutely yeah crti is doing good things definitely they're doing good things yeah I, I, I like them a lot i like i like what they're big goals are and it's going to be like huge for the region like Mm -hmm. um yeah i mean just bringing people from different sectors together to accomplish a goal that's like yep that's the definition of leadership right there absolutely (laughs) and there's not there's not really any other organization that's like that in the country there's a lot of big not-for-profits but like they are they've wrangled so many people over such a vast region you know that yeah and they're how long have they been i don't i don't know what year they started i want to say 2015 16 maybe 16 oh so they're fairly 2016 yeah yeah good people yeah yeah definitely it's all working out for them what are they gonna do when all the trees are planted though 
What are they going to do when all the buckthorn's gone and all the trees are planted? <laughs> they just Buck- fucking fire them all? They're like, get a new job. Yeah, the buck- buckthorn seems like it's going to be a tough, tough challenge. That, you know, like, I don't, like, you know, mean, I, I don't mean this as a critique for CRTI, but the buckthorn thing, they need to, like, it's an important part of the conversation, but the buckthorn is so focused on, like, a couple major land managers and, um, and that's it the rest of the people that's interesting should understand yeah. the importance of it but like the getting into communities that don't have any kind of tree program it's not just you know obviously it's not just you can't just plant a tree and yeah. walk away right like the the education of that I think is far more important than just the buckthorn yeah well I know they're and, working and, on that I mean yeah, no, they absolutely. Just, yeah. I'm not. I don't mean it as a critique. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I just, no, it's a good point. It's just there's, you know, there's like I said, there's a couple major players that have land, land managers that that statistic of buckthorn comes into. And it's the, yeah, and they're they're the large majority of yes where that's coming. They're from. skewing that statistic, you know, and yeah. like really, like urban forestry you know, as we know, is at like a community level and not just a community like I'm in Park Ridge, you know, in Park Ridge, there's six or seven different neighborhoods. Like each of those neighborhoods is one little community. Yeah. And they each have their own different sets of goals and ideas of what's important to them. Mm -hmm. So somehow casting that net a little wider seems more important. And I, again, I don't mean that as a critique. It's just buckthorn's a huge fucking thing. I dealt with yeah. removing it for like many years of my life, and I hate it. And like anytime I see it, I'm like, "You motherfucker!" Yeah, it's that's... like a like a like a running joke. Like all these these lands these land managers that I'm talking about. Like you'll drive down these roads, and you'll look in a forest, and the first like fifty to hundred feet is all buckthorn. And you can, and then like behind it is like stands of like sugar maple, like five or six inch sugar maples, and you're like such diversity, yeah. you know? Like, yeah, that's what I'm. But like the their problem is, is they can't do anything with it either. Like they have the means to go in there with like equipment and just fuck it and blow it up, but they don't have the means to follow up with the after yeah. ecological care that's needed with it. So it's like, it's this, and all of it is such a delicate interwoven balance of like management tactics everything yeah you know not just buckthorn or invasive species but like all of urban forestry it's that co has got a big fucking plate oh of yeah bullshit to deal with. well yeah no i mean that's why it's, it's good that they're it's there great that they're doing it because most yeah. most cities or regions don't have anything like that right yeah, yeah. and they don't so even know a lot of them have no idea yeah. like what's going on you know yeah they do, a lot of them are just like I mean, especially like on the south and southwest sides, you a lot of them are like still at the stage of like, oh, we're gonna do with all these dead ash, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean that's and some, you know, some of them may be like, why are these trees dying? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> like, a lot of the time, yeah, they don't have a lot of the times they don't have the resources to deal with that sort of maintenance, and that's that's part of the problem. Yeah, but that's absolutely. yeah. I mean, that's what CRTI gets some funding for that. So that's yeah, and like their uh, urban forestry basic training program, the mm-hmm. two day course that they do twice a year is so fucking awesome, and the people and the communities that they get to attend, those are the people that you need 
because you start planting those seeds in them and they're the ones that are going to start influencing change. You start inspiring them. Yep. They're the ones that over the years are going to start again, influencing that change and hopefully potentially, you know, reaching our, our ultimate goal of, you know, sustainable urban forestry. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's an equitable urban forestry too. That's, yeah. Yeah. That's a whole another part of the that's a CRTI whole, mission and even whole, nationwide yeah. cities. That's a whole nother three to five layers of onion there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. A lot of layers to urban forestry. Yeah, there is. <laughs> I mean, once you start getting into that, I've talked about, I don't know if I talked about this on the podcast, but that's like a whole like chicken or the egg thing. Like what came first? You know what I mean? And like, that's like, now we're talking about like dealing with like community issues. That's like zone. I mean, zoning, redlining, all those things come into play with that. Um, Right. But you know, it's, 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 again, delicate interwoven balance and difficulties with, with all of that shit. Yeah. So honestly, I'm happy. I don't have to deal with that shit because I live in I well, I don't live in, but where I work is like upper middle class white folk. Yeah. So like, Wait, did you luckily say- for me, I just have to like go plant trees after we cut them down. I yeah. don't have to like worry <laughs> worry so much about it. Like yeah. I, I don't even know how I would approach. Like I understand the theoreticals of how I would approach it, but mm-hmm. I don't know how like real world application. Yeah, I mean, I, think, I would get it done. That's a that's like such a different conversation. That, yeah, I think there's a lot of different strategies, um, but like community engagement is obviously a big piece. Of course, because you can't just go in there and start plugging trees into the ground and right think it's gonna affect change. Um, no, it's not, and I mean it's a thing like. People, people are going to take care of the, people are going to help you take care of the trees and they're going to back you if they feel like you're backing them. Mm -hmm. And that doesn't mean like us as urban forest practitioners are literally backing a resident with whatever their issues are. It's just that they feel like they're important and they're a part of the community. Yeah. And then once they feel like they're a part of the community, then they'll be like, oh, great, a tree. I love this. You know, this is making my community better, which I'm already bought into and I love, you know. And again, that's like such a different conversation that like it's unfortunate that urban foresters have to be the ones kind of pushing that. Yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah, it should be urban, other people. Yeah, but we I should mean, be backing off. We should be piggybacking off of what they're doing. Yeah, urban. But it seems like we're the ones having that conversation more and more. Seems like oftentimes urban forestry is instigating those conversations. Right. Yeah, which is which is a good thing for the industry, but definitely. But we got enough shit to deal with. Like, <laughs> can someone else help us with this, please? If you're listening, please figure this out. We just want to diversify plantings. <laughs> yeah, I mean, a, a lot of people are working on it, but yeah, I know. I'm yeah, just, there's I'm a just lot joking. of a lot of issues. <laughs> I'm just joking. Well, we're at about an hour. Are we? Yeah. Just about, yeah. That went fairly fairly quick. It always does. It's not like a job interview. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Like I said, it's it's not like an introduction. Yeah. It's a conversation. Today we have JP from Save a Tree. You know? (laughs) Yeah. So what do you think? Tell me about yourself. Yeah. (laughs) 
that'd be so awkward if the show was like that yeah definitely no that's i love how casual your show is it's it's way more easy to listen to than a lot of other shows yeah thank you i've gotten a lot of feedback like that that they appreciate that yeah that's so. good I, yeah. and the other thing is like originally i was like advertising the free ceus as like come listen to this yeah i got free ceus for you but nobody it's like the guy driving around in the fucking van <laughs> with free candy you know except like i'm the free ceu guy <laughs> yeah. but people like and i was worried people were gonna abuse it but they nobody's don't. cashing in on it. that's what no. i i forget i always forget to get the ceus yeah i mean people do but it's not a lot it's pro it's i mean it's literally less than a quarter of the people who listen wow are applying for the ceus well yeah i mean i've pro i've listened to almost every episode and i've only cashed in on like three of the ceu opportunities bro yeah i think i i need to go back and yeah click on the in. thing yeah they'll catch you if you try doing other ones actually you can't if you click the link twice i've done it if you click it twice it tells you you've already um like oh uh, yeah been there or whatever but, yeah but like, the ones that you have knows. yeah 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 the ones that you haven't yeah yeah i mean the only reason i made this podcast is so i can like get free cus for myself <laughs> I invested like thousands of dollars in it. They cost a lot of money. Just so I can get my own CEUs. Now now if I can figure out how to get CTSP CEUs through this podcast and whoo. Start talking about safety. Yeah. Right? I guess it's I guess it's that easy. <laughs> yeah, get some safety professionals out here. Yeah. I'll get some I've had a couple, but I'll get some more. If we'll just talk about that only. Yeah. Yeah, it sounds it should work. But yeah, I, I really appreciate you having me. Yeah, thanks so much for coming, man. Sorry it took so long to get it get it get it going, but I really appreciate you coming. No, nah, no problem Talking. at all. You got a really interesting perspective, a different different story, different type of path than everyone else has. So I appreciate it. And thanks for the beer. Yeah, no problem. Anytime. All right, thanks, man. Yeah. Our obsession sells the arbor supplies, tree climbing gear, and tree stuff you need to do the job safely and efficiently. Their goal is to be your one-stop shop for everything tree climber related so you can stuff that gear bag full. Need rope? They carry it. They carry a wide variety of that stuff. Rope with options of hand or sewn splicing. And they do a ton of custom stuff. So if you got an idea, send it to them. They'll, they'll make it for you. They also carry all the leading brands to make sure you have the best gear and equipment. Got a question? Send them an email at info at arbsession.com. You can also check that in the show notes and uh, give them a call also. You can also call them at 920-347-4450. Whether you email or call them, they will get back to you.